This week, it's all about the September roundup of Destiny 2 news. Velask, Guardians, I greet you in the light. Welcome back to another episode of Gamer Loop Radio. I'm your host, Verita, and today we are going to do a quick September review for Destiny 2. On the heels of the Witch Queen reveal, the season of The Lost kicked off on August 24th, and now that we are about one-third of the way through an extended six-month season, let's talk about a few of the highlights and what Bungie has announced is coming soon. We have a wonderful posts from This Week at Bungie that span all of September. So we're going to start with a smaller TWAB that was published on September 2nd. Within this TWAB, we have a few changes to Lawrence Driver, the new linear fusion rifle released with Season of the Lost. Uh, there was a change made to remove the intrinsic wall hack from Lawrence Driver uh, in PvP activities. One of the intrinsic perks is that you can see your targets through walls. Obviously, this was a little bit OP for Crucible, uh, so Bungie went ahead and disabled that. They did state that they wanted to kind of go in with it a little bit hotter uh, and make changes later on as they as they felt was necessary, and so that is what they did here. There are also changes coming to Iron Banner and some hotfix updates mentioned. Specifically with Iron Banner, they just simply mentioned the new weapons and the fact that the newer Iron Banner perks will roll onto those new weapons. Moving quickly into the September 9th TWAB, and really the remainder of the TWABs for the month of September were focused heavily on Trials of Osiris, which was very exciting to see. So this season, we have a revamped Trials of Osiris. A few quick notes from this TWAB, specifically around the loot. So the loot structure has been adjusted for more rewards, even if you aren't winning matches, and Trials Reputation has been added, which will unlock Trials Engrams and other rewards. There are also some rule set changes being made where uh, special ammo is reset after each round and the rounds have been reduced to 90 seconds. They also briefly mentioned in here the Trials Labs experiments starting with uh, Control, which is very interesting, and a new linear fusion rifle, Reads Regret, and it's Stasis, and let me tell you, it's wonderful. Specifically related to the patch notes, we'll get into the details here around first, Reputation. Reputation gain per match is scaled by the number of rounds on a ticket, and Trials passages are now account-scoped, meaning purchasing the same ticket on an alternate character will not reset ticket wins. Passage of Ferocity is now available from the start. Passage of Wisdom is no longer available. Passage of Wealth now requires seven wins. Unlocking a passage now unlocks it for the rest of the season. Additionally, Bungie has replaced the weekly three, five, seven win challenges with a win rounds challenge, uh, and a new seven win challenge is available on Saint 14, and weekly bounties have been removed. Those rule set changes I mentioned, now each round time is reduced in 90 seconds, and each round starts with fresh special ammo, meaning if you pick it up from someone you kill, you don't carry it into the next round. A few technical notes here, uh, crossplay must be enabled to participate in Trials of Osiris. There was a third person camera restriction added 
uh, to the tooltip and load screen hint to trials elimination and showdown as previously mentioned in a TWAB, uh, I believe prior to the launch of Season of the Lost, uh, three peaking has been disabled unless you have special ammo in Trials, so that tooltip has been added. Additionally, Trials of Osiris now requires purchase of the current yearly expansion. Currently, it is Beyond Light, starting on February 22nd, which Queen will be required for you to be able to play. All of this encompassed as well with BattleEye anti-cheat soft launch going live with the first week of Trials. Personally, from an experience perspective, my first week of Trials was incredibly enjoyable. I started on Friday uh, thinking, oh, I'll just play a, a match or two, and ended up playing almost the entire weekend. The experience was great up until the point that you needed to try to go flawless, at which point I hopped in someone's backpack very generously and went flawless that week. Reed's Regret is a wonderful linear fusion rifle. I would highly recommend it. And as somebody who is not a PvP-oriented person like myself, uh, I didn't find the rewards out of reach. I found it was very, very easy to just kind of keep playing. It was still not great to get thrashed too much, uh, five to nothing towards the end there, getting that seven wins. However, it was still an enjoyable experience overall for me. A couple learned lessons as well from Trials. Uh, so the reputation, as they mentioned, scales the longer you play without resetting your card. I did not know this, uh, and I think at one point reset my card to try to, you know, go flawless at one point. And of course, the amount of reputation you earn per match uh, resets. So important note for that. More notes coming up in this wonderful podcast. However, something to keep in mind. Uh, trials overall, a much better experience. We move right into the TWAB from the 16th of September. A few updates here, not related to Trials, but again, mostly Trials updates. It Bungie's very committed to making this experience better, and they are really doing a great job of detailing out a lot of data, which for me, my little data-oriented heart loves that. So more to come on that, but some great data points to talk about here. A couple non-Trials-related notes from this TWAB is the Agers Scepter Quest, a new stasis trace rifle. Let me tell you, the story is beautiful. The quest is beautiful. I love the Dreaming City. I highly recommend taking your time to get through that and enjoying it while you can and work on that catalyst too. We were also treated to a very loose seasonal calendar for Season of the Lost, outlining what to expect over the next few months in terms of activities. August uh, through September, of course, was just Season of the Lost starting, so crossplay going live, the Astral Alignment and Shattered Realm activities, Legendary Weapon Quest, Exotic Quest, and, of course, revamped Trials of Osiris begins. For October through November, we, of course, have Festival of the Lost, my favorite spooky time, uh, with masks and candy and the new Haunted Sectors activity, along with Grandmaster Nightfalls and Astral Alignment and Shattered Realm difficulty options becoming available in that time frame. And then, of course, in December through February, we have the Bungie 30th Anniversary event with a new dungeon, new six-player offensive activity, iconic weapons from Bungie's past, and of course, the only thing I care about, Gallerhorn coming back. I'm so excited. And of course, more seasonal, seasonal events with Moments of Triumph and The Dawning, two of my favorite events uh, in Destiny over the, the year span of activities that, that Bungie produces. I think it's a great time to reflect and spend time with your friends. It's the holidays, after all. It's a great great time to hang out. 
And then, of course, we have The Witch Queen starting on February 22nd. Featured first and foremost in this TWAB was the notes uh, and updates around the week one status report for trials. So a few really fantastic statistics here that they threw out in terms of player population. 750,000 players played trials in that first week, more than Bungie has seen since the early days of Destiny 2. Not only that, 120,000 of those were first-time-ever players, and another 470,000 hadn't played recently. 237,000 players went flawless, with 105,000 players going flawless for the first time ever. I am one of those 105,000. I did that too. It was a fantastic weekend in terms of player population for, for Trials. Some historical data here, an average of 30% of active players played trials each day this weekend, topping out at over 32% on Saturday. No day prior had ever gone above 21%. That is a crazy increase there. Also, over 2.8 million hours of trials were played this weekend, eclipsing the highest prior single week total by a whopping 600,000 hours. People put in the work and the time for trials week one, which shows that a lot of these changes are really great and honestly for the better. Bungie also threw some details into uh, some changes that are upcoming for the next weeks of trials that were coming up. Overall, Bungie was not satisfied with the matchmaking experience for players after seven wins. That area has a higher rate of five to zero games than they would like to see. So they, were, they are going to enable a flawless matchmaking pool. As of that TWAB, they were waiting until Friday afternoon to turn that on. Spoiler alert, it went live as soon as Trials did, uh, <laughs> so that was not as what they intended. Uh, it was a better experience after it went live. Bungie was also not happy with the experience of players who had a bad streak of getting repeatedly thrashed 5 to nothing, and so they enabled a matchmaking help mechanic if someone runs into several blowout matches. That temp help mechanic clears once they start winning again. Bungie also enabled quitter penalties that are used on the glory playlists currently. No penalty was imposed week one, so a lot of people were quitting out if they came upon a three stack or noticed a known cheater. Everybody quit out of the match. Uh, towards the end of the weekend, I was encountering a lot of instant wins because people were just leaving the match as soon as it was over. However, and let me reiterate that, it wasn't actually an instant win. It, I believe, ended up counting as a draw. Coming up as well for future weeks of Trials uh, is the first iteration of Trials Labs, which is going to be Capture Zone. Uh, also disabling special ammo replenishment on Revive and disabling the matchmaking counter on the Trials of Osiris Lobby. They also fixed an issue with being able to masterwork weapons from the rewards track. I, for one, was a little disappointed when the Eye of Soul I got from the rewards track for Trials had no masterwork option and no second perk, uh, but the fact I did report it, the fact that it was a known issue made me feel a little bit better about it. Rolling right into the September 23rd TWAB, we get our first glimpse at details for the first round of Trials Labs. This round one of Trials Labs starts on the 24th of September with Capture Zone. 30 seconds after the round starts, a Capture Zone is enabled. Players can capture this zone to win the round or just eliminate the other team like normal. The capture zone has a waypoint from round start, including a countdown timer, so everyone will know exactly when and where it will be. The capture zone starts in the middle of the map in the first round and changes location each round. The team who just lost gets the advantage spawn location. 
In addition to trials this week, they uh, Bungie enabled double rank points and some changes to the flawless pool. May, the main goals for trials this season was to allow solo and duo players to queue up, which has two main benefits. It allows players a low barrier of entry and expectation to try the mode out, and more importantly, it increased the population enough that fire teams of mid-skilled players landed more wins than if they only matched against other mid-skilled or high-skilled teams. Solo players are a key to the entire system working. For example, in the first week of trials, a whopping 54% were full fire teams versus solos and duos, cut to this week where only 45% were fire teams versus solos and duos. A pretty sharp drop. Bungie's first goal here is to keep solo players playing. In week one, solo wins were 23% of the games, but blowouts, 5-0 losses, were 38% of games. In week two, solo wins were 36%, and blowouts dropped to 29% of games. This feels a lot better for solo players, but obviously it had some side effects for fire teams of mid to high skill. Long term, Bungie is looking to keep the solo win rate above 30%, and solo fire team blowouts under 33%. The next critical point for trials that Bungie outlines here is to keep game quality high, making sure matches feel more competitive, especially at seven wins. They talked about blowouts as one way of looking for competitive matches. They also consider 5-1 to one matches as non-competitive. The sweet spot is really between 5-2 to two and 5-4. to four. Those matches tend to feel good while playing, even if you end up losing. In week 1, Bungie saw 60% of matches end at either 5-0 to zero or 5-1. to one. In week 2, the number of non-competitive matches dropped to 52%. A nice improvement, but Bungie would still like to see this number drop to 30 to 40% over the long term. The third point Bungie mentions here as being important for trials is to keep matchmaking times low. In both weeks, average matchmaking times were pretty steady at just under 50 seconds per match. The only reason it was even that high was because players who started off on a terrible streak would end up in a matchmaking pool below the base pool that only looked for other players who had started off losing 10 rounds in a row. It's a very small pool with matchmaking times that last over four minutes before the system gives up and expands back to the base pool. Other things Bungie noted that worked well, uh, just over 700,000 players this weekend, only 50,000 fewer players than week one. This is higher than expected given normal drop-off after launch combined with the distant shore being a less than popular map. Plus we had 253,000 players go flawless games were 10% longer, mostly due to competitive games. Bungie is also very quick to note things that did not work. 34% less matches played overall, and the number of matches post-flawless dropped by 45%. Bungie also received reports of significant numbers of players resetting 5-0 or 6-0 cards, but we saw around 16,000 total cards that were reset while flawless, but under 7 wins. Giving that vast number of games and cards played, 2.7 million cards starting that week, this isn't a lot, but it is something they are watching, as it is unhealthy for the mode if it becomes more common. Normally, Bungie will see nearly 50% of the players who go flawless doing so with someone else who is already flawless. Last week, it was 56%, which is even higher. Now, this can either be a traditional carry or just playing with friends, However, that number dropped to 16% this week, which is unacceptably low for friend game content. What I experienced a lot during that week and what I saw a lot that week 
with the flawless pool going live was primarily folks who had gone flawless unable to play with their friends because it impacted the matchmaking experience so upcoming changes for week three of trials uh, Bungie is waiting until Sunday morning reset uh, 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern time to enable the flawless pool this serves as a middle ground between week one and week two as the semi-permanent placement for enabling the flawless pool as always Bungie will be looking at both analytics and feedback so keep telling them what is working and what isn't Bungie is also working on some deeper matchmaking solutions which they hope let them remove the flawless pool entirely. Look out for more info in mid to late October for that. Bungie also is turning off matchmaking help until you have played at least two matches during the weekend. Additional changes coming in week three, players will no longer get special ammo replenished when being revived, added the hold functionality to purchase gear from Saint-14 to prevent accidental purchases, weapons received from the reputation rank track on Saint-14 will now have their masterwork slots active, Previous weapons obtained won't receive a masterwork slot. Sad times for me. Unfortunately, Bungie previously announced that they would be removing the matchmaking counter for this week. That change wasn't able to quite make the 3.3.0.3 patch. Rounding out the month of September twabs, we have the September 30th this week at Bungie Post. With first and foremost, you guessed it, more trials feedback. Trials feedback from week three started again with some fantastic statistics. Solo win rate remained high at 27%. Solo blowout rate was 37% prior to enabling the flawless pool and dropped below 30% afterwards. These are all consistent with week two. Non-competitive matches, five to zero or five to one, were at 55% on Friday and Saturday and dropped to 51% Sunday and Monday. Very consistent overall with week two as well. Bungie saw solid sub 50 second matchmaking times all weekend, aside from early in-card matchmaking protection, causing a slight rise up to 75 seconds during the middle of the night in North America on Sunday and Monday. Overall, Bungie had 667,000 players participating in labs, down 33,000 from week two, with 220,000 players going flawless. They had 100,000 fewer matches played overall, which roughly the same average matches per player. One data set that is particularly informative is the average hours played by skill. This showed Bungie that the mid-range of skill, aka the average Crucible player, are playing one and a half to two hours more on average. Meanwhile, the average hours played at the high end of the skill range has barely changed. Bungie did find one bug with the way the pool-based matchmaking interacts with disabled pools it collapses them down into the previous pool. Unfortunately, the setup for aiding matchmaking for the first few wins of the week causes an unintentional flawless mini pool for the first two wins of the card. If you went flawless and are on win zero or win one of your reset passage, you preferentially match against other flawless players in the same state. Once you get to win two, this goes away. And of course, starting at 10 a.m. on Sundays, the entire passage has preferential matchmaking against our other flawless players. So those of you who thought matchmaking got harder after going flawless on Friday and Saturday, even though the flawless pool wasn't on, you were right. Bungie is planning a fix in for this in the next few weeks. Next, a debrief on the Trials Labs experience. A few ways that Bungie is looking to make the game mode better find a different way to vary the capture zone location without giving positional advantage to either side. 
Internally, Bungie initially tested a single central zone, but found that it created dull, repetitive games as it always collapsed the usable map space to that central location. The current method uses the central tiebreaker position as center and the A and C positions from control during advantage rounds. Bungie used those points to get the mode into testing quicker, but unfortunately that had the side effects of giving one side an advantage. Bungie liked the dynamic advantage that was created when this was playtested internally, and that might be a good mechanism in a less competitive mode, but Bungie also heard you loud and clear, that significant of advantage is too much for trials. And they are looking at authoring additional neutral capture zones in a few maps to support further labs this season. Bungie also has removed the gain super energy on capture from the capture zone. This specifically after an elimination leads to more snowballing. All told, in playing the control version of Trials, I felt uh, overwhelmingly that having a zone there, nobody played it. People in at least the matches that I played during that game mode being active, primarily just went for each other as per a normal Trials match would, and the zone was only captured in the event that they needed a quick win of the round. So hopefully more changes coming to that to make that even better. Wrapping up this September 30th TWAB post, it is Grandmaster Nightfall time! Those began the first week of October for Bungie, and first up this season is Hollowed Lair. I will say one word to you, Popscorn. Mini Screebs. That's two words technically one word and one hyphenated word. If you have since run it, you will know what I mean. If you haven't, just you wait for a surprise. As a reminder for Grandmasters, the power bar is set high at a minimum of 1345 required to even enter the playlist. Don't forget to do your weekly seasonal challenges, bounties, and pinnacles on a weekly basis if your goal is to hit those Grandmasters. Later in the season, Bungie will also be making changes to the accessibility of GMs. A few of these notes were in previous TWABs, but they did outline the specific details around when these features would go live. So planned for December, the Grandmaster catch-up node will become available at the same time Grandmaster difficulty is available, so long as you have the Conqueror title but have not yet gilded it this season. Grandmasters will have already gone live by the time this change comes later in the season, but the catch-up node will be available when Grandmasters first start in seasons going forward. Initially, during the TWAB where they posted this change, I believe they had made it seem like this was going to go live when GMs did. It is not, uh, so it will. the catch-up node will go live in December, and then going forward, the catch-up node will go live when GMs do. A few reminders around the catch-up node. Each Grandmaster Nightfall will be available if the fire team leader has not completed the gilding triumph for that strike during the season. In other words, you may play each featured strike for a season to earn your gilded title. Once you've gilded your title, that catch-up node will no longer be available. A few changes to the loot overall. Uh, nothing major reported from this TWAB other than a chance to earn adept variants of Nightfall weapons. You now have a chance at one of two weapons each week rather than a single weapon, along with adept weapon mods. A few important notes, technically from a TWAB in October, so I'm skipping ahead into the future here, but an important patch note that went live from 3.3.1, uh, that went live on the 12th of October, the drop chance for an adept Nightfall weapon from a Platinum Grandmaster Nightfall was increased to 100%. 
While this will not guarantee perfect perk combinations on every drop, players may now expect to receive an adept reward when overcoming the challenge of Grandmasters, even on the hardest of weeks. Prior to this change, even when running a Platinum GM, you did not always receive a weapon. Sometimes you would only receive prisms or shards or armor, uh, but not the adept weapon. So this is a great quality of life change that I think is going to make running GMs outside of the catch-up node playlist even more rewarding. One additional patch note from that same patch 3.3.1 that went live on October 12th are a few changes to the Corrupted Nightfall. The changes for the Corrupted are as follows. Reduce the knockback buff from the Sedia's Durance activity modifier on Nightfall difficulty from plus 40% knockback to plus 20% knockback, which may help a few of you complete Grandmaster difficulty. Bungie also removed an unstoppable Phalanx champion from the Ransack Ogre encounter. During the Ransack Ogre encounter, an unstoppable Phalanx champion would spawn in the Ascendant Plane when the Ogre boss reaches 50% health. That champion was easy to miss and you couldn't backtrack there to defeat it once you killed the Ogre. After this champion ruined hundreds of Platinum completion attempts, Bungie has snapped it out of existence. It's gone, dust, destroyed. It will never see the light of day again. That's what it deserves. Those are verbatim notes from the TWAB, by the way, which gave me quite a chuckle. Bungie also fixed an issue that blocked completion of the Corrupted Nightfall scoring triumph. There you have it, Guardians. That has been your Destiny 2 Season of the Lost September update. Very PvP-focused, specifically for Trials, which is wonderful to see along with a few great notes in there around GMs and some upcoming activities. As September ends and October begins, get ready for Destiny's annual Festival of the Lost Activity. Whether you're feeling spooky or, in the case of this season, a little Jurassic, I guarantee you're going to have a good time. As a reminder, this season is six months long, so take your time, enjoy yourself, and get your grind on at your own pace. Again, I am your humble guardian host, Verita Amore, and if you are looking for more content and shenanigans from me, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under Verita Amore87. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to leave us a rating or a review on your preferred podcasting platform. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us, ask us questions, tell us what you liked or what can be improved. Do you have any suggestions on topics or game reviews? Just give us a shout. You can find additional episodes of Gamer Loop Radio on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Roger, zero, G, G, G.